MJ, the best. So um, I, I have a little MJ story. So uh, Jill and I took the kids um, up to this like sci-fi museum in Seattle uh, when they were younger and they have this huge screen. And when you walk in, it's playing, you know, a music video and happened to be playing. Um, uh, uh, oh my God. What's Michael Jackson's famous song where uh, uh, he's a zombie. What's wrong with me? Thriller. Thriller? Thriller. Oh my God, y'all. It's like something's wrong. Okay. So Thriller is thanks to the voice. Thriller is playing and and uh, Jackson's like having a good time looking. And then it's clear like this is a scary video. And uh, and and he ran out of the room. And I think we scarred him for life. So parenting, y'all. I'm good at it. <laughs> so that was fun. All right. Uh, that's my MJ story. So y'all, it is good to have you here at the Daily Dose. Uh, this is the highlight of my day. I love it. I love being with you all hanging out. Um, I love it even more when you connect with each other, uh, when you follow each other and reply to each other, when you see each other in the comments and, and you get to know each other. So please keep doing that. The Daily Dose community is, is going to uh, really, really deepen and become stronger as you get to, to know each other and help each other. Uh, we've got a fun question for you all. So please smash that purple comment button in the bottom right of your screen. And the question for today is, what is a fun fact about yourself? Include a picture if you can. And say hi to two new people you haven't met yet. So uh, why don't you like pop a reply, tag a couple of people that you see around you in this Twitter space, whoever Twitter has put next to you. Why don't you say hi to them? Tag them and, uh, and then tell us a fun fact about yourself and include a picture. We'll be reading out some of those uh, throughout the show. Um, Want to kick it off with something really fun that happens. Uh, there was a Daily Dose Germany meetup. Woo -woo! Um, really fun uh, tweet that we're seeing from Zcase. He said, thanks for being there with us today. It was a great event by Onchain Monkey in the Bright Moments Gallery. Special thanks again to Ed Frame. It was awesome. So y'all love, love, love seeing you do those uh, Daily Dose meetups IRL can't wait to see the friendships that you all build, uh, through those, uh, already seen some fun facts about everybody. Uh, sushi Frito says I'm allergic to alcohol. So I'm the designated driver always. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous. I gotta be honest. Like that would be a great excuse to just not drink. Um, we got a fun one from, uh, zero X Felix. who said, I brush my teeth for like 10 minutes every evening. Wow. Like that's commitment. Like I, I have the little, um, you know, electric toothbrush and it has a two minute timer on it. And that feels like eternity. Y'all I'm like, this is as long as two minutes of my life every day. So I don't know about 10 minutes. I'm, I'm actually a little worried about your gums. Probably be careful. Um, also seeing a fun uh, tweet from Kev. They said, I love doing free diving. And there's all these really cool pictures. And then so interestingly, right. Like the next tweet is from Rafa Simon, who says I'm a free diver and I love swimming with turtles. So, y'all, we have free divers who are uh, daily dosers in the audience. Uh, so, Rafa, uh, meet Kev. <laughs> y'all should be best buds. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, uh, we've got a lot of good things going on today. We've got a Mintify Market Report. We've got Lucky Trader News. And then we're going to dive into a couple of discussion topics around gaming. We've got a special guest, uh, Martian Premier League here, which we're really excited about. We'll be chit-chatting to them about gaming and Web3. Um, it's going to be a fun show. It's going to be a good Friday. So excited to get cranking. And don't forget, there is a game that we're launching on the 17th during the show. Uh, it's going to be a little fun game where uh, you have to collect clues over 12 days. And uh, 
if you collect those those 12 clues and you submit them and you're correct, you get entered to a raffle to win an allow list spot, a guaranteed allow list spot to the project we're dropping. So that's going to be super fun. It should bring out the detectives and all of you. Uh, so can't wait to, to launch that on Tuesday. So uh, stay tuned. You got to be in the space every day to, to play though. So it should be a fun little thing we're going to do. All right. So uh, let's get rocking. Um, as always, we want to bring value to you listeners. We, we, we know that 60 minutes is a, is a, a valuable chunk of your time. And one of the things we do is we read a market report. So uh, every day we were looking at numbers uh, with Mintify. We were looking at analytics. We were looking at charts. And we decided, you know what? We should do that in the show. We should share what's happening. Uh, Mintify decided to support the show and sponsor and, and bring us the Mintify market report. Uh, you can check out their lifetime NFT pass. Uh, just go to mintify.xyz. They're also uh, launching some exciting things. They've got a PFP. They're, they're launching uh, a, a, a metaverse world that's going to be exciting. They've got a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, so excited about that. So uh, why don't you hit it, the voice? Presenting the Market Daily Report. Brought to you by Mintify, the leading NFT aggregator. Appreciate the voice. Take it away, Mintify. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, let's get you this market report for Friday the 13th. The total 24-hour market volume, 27.48 million. Highest sale, 200 ETH for CryptoPunk, 69.94. The top collections for volume, Azuki number one, 677 ETH traded, 15.25 ETH for price. Mutants, Mutant Apes, sorry. 590 ETH traded, 17.36 ETH floor price. And Azuki Beans, 507 ETH traded, 1.74 ETH floor price. The top gainers, 500% up for Project Fox, 205% up for Oppies. Top losers, 71% down for Nove, and 56% down for Pepe Labs. Some noteworthy market updates. Genesis and Gemini are being charged by the SEC with selling unregistered securities. FTX liquidators get liquidated for four AAVE wrapped Bitcoin while closing DeFi positions and moving funds around. And this one, my uh, my personal favorite, very interesting, Tribeca Film Festival will offer its VIP passes as NFTs. The crypto market getting some continuation from its rally, Ethereum consolidating at its critical resistance level, 1420, up about 2.5% on the day. That is all. Thank you very much. Appreciate, uh, appreciate it, Mintify. Thanks so much for always uh, bringing the, the market report. Uh, I love it and I want to thank you for that. Um, next up, we're going to drop some news uh, from our friends over at Lucky Trader. But before we do, we've got some more great comments from you all coming in about a fun fact about yourself uh, with some great pictures. So, ticked. Tic Tac Magic, great username, love it, uh, says, I love fly fishing. Easy to clear the mind and connect with the world. Uh, I always wanted to fly fish. I feel like it would almost be like meditating. Um, uh, but I also am not very outdoorsy. I, I like sailing, but that's the extent of it, y'all. So sorry. Uh, otherwise, I'm just going to drink my eggnog and watch a movie inside. <laughs> so uh, Johnny Depp, oh, this is, y'all, this is a great username, Johnny Debt, as in D-E-B-T dot ETH. <laughs> so good. Uh, they said, my eyes are two different colors. One is light blue and one is dark green. Gosh, that's rad. 
uh, it must be kind of a fun conversation piece when you meet people. I wonder if people like look at your eyes and are trying to figure out what's going on, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, I've got another fun, fun fact about the King. They said, uh, um, Hey, doser followed you. And my fun fact is that I always eat all the starches first before the protein and all meals. <laughs> That's awesome. And they, uh, they tagged a couple friends, uh, regatta MPL, which is kind of fun. Uh, love hearing all those fun facts about y'all keep them coming. Uh, also try to tag your neighbors in the space. If you see someone's uh, PFP and you haven't met them, be a good way to, to, to meet. All right, let's go to the lucky trader news next. So as you all know, I love lucky trader. I've been using their service and site for, for ages. Uh, I really trust, uh, the news. I feel like it's comprehensive. Um, it's professional. It's timely. Uh, you can check them out at luckytrader.com. Uh, they've got a great team of analysts that are always just cranking through what's important. So they agreed to sponsor the show and read the news, which I, I love. It's a win-win. Um, they've also got a daily space at 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, right before the daily dose called the Lucky Lead-In. That's only 26 minutes. It's all business. It's fast. And they go a little deeper on what's happening with NFTs and digital collectibles. So uh, good show to check out. Uh, with that, why don't you hit it, the voice. It's time for the Daily Dose News. A summary of news from around the Web3 world, brought to you by Lucky Trader. Appreciate it. Thank you. Over to y'all, Lucky Trader. Ryan, thank you and good morning and happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to Lucky Trader's top Web3 news stories for today. The NFT market saw over 27,000 ETH traded in a mixed day for NFTs as crypto rallies. The major trend in the market this week was sell the news as major announcements from both Board Ape Yacht Club and its new game, along with the Azuki news yesterday, resulted in both of those project floors dipping. Speaking of Azuki, they revealed their new metaverse city of Halumia on the one-year anniversary yesterday as an explorable metaverse built by the community that houses the past, present, and future of Azuki. Though not a roadmap, it does represent an expansion of the Azuki mind map, and the community received it well, drawing comparisons to the worlds of Zelda and Pokemon. Artist Fiwo debuted the first trailer for their metaverse, Fiwo World, along with plans for PFPs called Fiwos. The colorful world full of blues is stocked full of the artist's signature style, and the expectation is that paint drop holders will be able to utilize their paint drops to create Fiwo PFPs sometime in 2023. In other PFP news, Rug Radio announced a date for its PFP from artist Corey Van Lu coming February 6th. The PFPs will serve as the official ones of the Rug Radio ecosystem, and its development raises the question of whether all NFT communities are destined to have PFPs at some point for recognition and as market as in, and as marketing mechanisms. And last, in Web3 news, Animoca has led a raise for MoviePass, which will use the funds to develop a Web3 strategy. MoviePass is the largest theatrical subscription service in existence after relaunching in 2022. The company's Web3 strategy will include virtual reality cinema experiences and methods of driving traffic to theaters through new tech. Animoca Exec Chair Yatsu said of the fundraise, MoviePass has a strong vision for technology in the field of entertainment and our investment demonstrates our commitment to maximizing the value that MoviePass can deliver across the film industry. That's it for today, Ryan. Back to you. Love it. Wow. Y'all know I'm, I'm bonkers about movies, so I will have to check out MoviePass. Uh, if I could, I would literally go to the, to the cinema every night by myself and uh, eat candy and popcorn and watch movies. So <laughs> now I'd probably die pretty quickly because that's not a very healthy decision. I'm 
spouse and my family would not appreciate it. So I won't be doing that, but, uh, sometimes I want to. <laughs> so, all right. Um, thanks for the news. Love, uh, hearing that every day from y'all. Um, got some more fun comments coming from y'all listening about, uh, uh, something interesting about you. Uh, we have Darius saying when I'm driving, I always listen to music very loud, like very loud. And I sing, of course, what a performance for other drivers. I, I do that. I'm the same. It's like, it's like your moment to just crank and, and experience the music and feel it. So, uh, I'm the same. Love it. Uh, Juan global NFT said, I lived in Bali for two years. It was the dream surfing and eating health healthily like these vegan nacho salad from crate cafe. Amazing. There's a picture of them surfing. Looks like an ideal, amazing life. Uh, uh, our amazing visionary uh, who helps run uh, the daily dose Latino space said, fun fact, I love singing. Used to do it. Used to do it at bars during university and have two recorded songs on SoundCloud. What? Still play guitar and write songs as a form of therapy. Love it. Uh, I have to check those out. And, and uh, Rob from Nifty Gateway says, I designed the 2020 Army football equipment truck. Still used today. And it is awesome. You should check out the pictures, y'all, on that. Uh, so fun to, to learn a little bit more about y'all's lives. Uh, totally appreciate it. Okay. So we're going to get cranking. We've got a special guest today. Um, uh, Bag Alert, uh, 121G Fund owns a lot of, uh, of Martian Premier League. We love it. We're bullish on the project, but uh, I want you to know that um, I, I do have a financial financial interest here, but that's because I'm freaking bullish on the team. Um, but this isn't going to be an MPL show where they shill. This is just uh, going to focus on gaming uh, and Web3 and uh, how an indie studio like theirs uh, has been able to, to bring uh, a game to market um, also we're going to be giving away a free MPL today, which should be fun. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, first of all, I uh, just want to welcome up the team. Uh, how y'all doing? Uh, hey Ryan, uh, great to be here. Um, this is Corey from the MPL account and, um, Hello, Corey. You know, really excited to, really excited to chat with you again today. I know we've been chatting offline a number of times over the last few months as well. Great to have you here and Hannah, welcome. Hey, Ryan. Um, and hello to uh, my space neighbors who have been tagging me in the thread. Uh, lovely, lovely to be here and, uh, and chat to you today. Cool. Appreciate it. Um, good job, Daily Dose, for tagging people. That's fun. Uh, good way to meet people. Um, so yesterday we talked about building products and communities side by side. Uh, I'm curious, how have you been able to build community while building the game? Uh it feels like there's a lot of challenges that, that would arise, you know, building the community, building the game, uh, keeping interest high. Uh, what has that been like for you all? I mean, what, what, a, what a great question. I think one of the things we have tried to focus on from kind of day one when we sort of, uh, sort of minted, I guess, in, at the end of March, start of April, was that, you know, one, we need to keep our community engaged by consistently having a set of kind of products and releases that keeps them excited about the universe that we're building. And I think that's been, you know, one of the really important things. Um, and that's been through our alpha game, through comics and, you know, through various artworks and so forth. But then I think equally, you know, we've tried to balance that with really embracing and highlighting a lot of our community's creativity. We know a lot of them already um design crests, logos, team names, team backstories um, as they get ready for the beta later this month. But, you know, for, for us, I think one of the kind of hard rules we had was 
we should be releasing something on a frequent basis so people always have something exciting to look forward to and i think that's something we see with all kind of long-term persistent games where you know you're you've got the 1.0 then there's the 1.1 1.2 1.3 that people mm. are going through and I, I think that's been a sort of important element that people feel that they're getting something from us every you know somewhere between six and 12 weeks which is sort of roughly what it's what it's been yeah no that makes sense kind of keeping uh keeping the releases coming out on a regular basis and i see you're unmuted go ahead well, I, I mean, just to build on what Corey was saying, I, I ultimately think you can't really separate the two things. Um, they go so so hand in hand. Um, and as as Corey said, you know, we've we've focused on um, bringing things to market and doing that as quickly as we can. But we see that, you know, as a virtuous circle with community building because we ultimately see that as proving that we can deliver and kind of earning the, the trust of the community that we then hope will go out and and advocate for us, um, you know, more, more widely. Um, so yeah, alongside, you know, making sure that we're delivering incrementally as quickly as leanly as possible. It's, you know, it's all about kind of building that trust as, as we go along. Um, yeah. And then also build it like involving the community in that process. I think one of my highlights of last year was the user testing that we've been doing on, on um, building the beta and just the kind of uh, ideas that, that our community and our um kind of wider team are bringing to the table. It's just, uh, it's, it's super rewarding. Absolutely. So uh, for everyone who's listening, uh, Marshall Premier League is, uh, it's a it's a f- basically a football management uh, game on Mars. And when I say football, I mean that in the, the rest of the world sense, not the American sense, which is soccer, but it's actually called football because I lived in England for 12 years. So um, uh, so it's, it's going to be fun to see the shakeout because, uh, you know, theoretically, football is one of the, the most popular sports in the world. Um, you know, the idea of, of uh, virtual team management and virtual games uh, is exciting, interesting, and I'm excited to see how it plays out. Um, so as we kind of go into this um, and and you're building, you know, one reason that I, I love you all is because you're an indie studio. You know, you're not some huge, you know, AAA game studio and you've had to build uh, more nimbly. And I'm just curious, do you think that we will see more indie games rise up? Um, or is it really hard to play in this space unless you have a lot of funding? Like, where do you think game development is going, uh, in web three? Yeah, great, great question, Ryan. I, I think that the first thing is that if we, we just take one step back to kind of gaming sort of in web two, as it were, indie games have actually been increasingly taking share from AAA studios in general. Um, and, and I think a lot of that stems from the desire of people to engage in unique intellectual property with rich worlds, rich story, unique mechanics, rather than what I think you see in a lot of AAA games, which is rehashing the old way of doing things, um, the same way that's kind of worked a million times. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I like a the new Far Cry or the new Call of Duty as much as anybody, um, but it is rehashing the same, the, the same thing again and again. I think when we apply that to Web3, it is given an opportunity for people to help fundraise for indie studios effectively to build on unique intellectual property, but also to share in the value of that going forward um, if it's a success. So for me, I think that it is inevitable that web two traditional triple a games will incorporate digital assets um i think that is an inevitability but 
I think the decentralization and the ability to utilize NFTs as a tool to get things off the ground in a way that, you know, probably um, it's been it's quite a struggle for a lot of indie studios. Otherwise, means that you're going to you're going to see the exact same trend taking place where indie studios and indie games are going to take not a share of revenue and also share of playtime and um, within gamers uh, worlds. Makes sense. Uh, Clemente, I see your hand. Yeah, this is this is a really, I think, honestly, Ryan, from my point of view, like, I, I don't know too much about Web3 gaming, right? Or just gaming as a whole. So when, when I, like, from my point of view and from my uneducated point of view, right, when I think of, like, MPL, I almost compare it to, like, the, the Digidaigakus, right? Because I just think Web3 gaming, uh, that's MPL and Digidaigaku, right? But Digidaigaku, for example, has $200 million in VC funding. Right, so what they can do or what they do is different than what MPL does. I'm curious have have you guys gotten that type of of question before, where it's like, hey, why aren't you guys doing what Digidaigaku is doing, or almost gotten compared to them in the past? Has that have you guys ran into that that type of point before? Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, um, we're at. We're, we're both aiming towards the same thing, which is that we believe that digital assets should be integrated into games. And in some sense, this division between Web 2 and Web 3 gaming is false. The only real difference is digital assets. I think that good Web 3 gaming companies, of which we would put in the MPL, DigiDaku, and various others, are building games that are fun and people want to play irrespective. They are just integrating digital asset and true ownership into them uh, in a way that if, you know, previously companies just extracted the value without giving any back to their consumers. I think right. that, you know, we are, we're clearly in different stages to someone like, you know, kind of limit break and so forth with Gabe, um, who obviously has a fantastic track record in this space um, in mobile gaming. I think that, you know, we, we are, fo- we are very focused on, you know, we, we've got lots of runway ourselves um, and, you know, we want to build a different kind of game. You know, we're building a kind of football management game that probably doesn't need 200 million to build something like that. Um, now, that doesn't mean over time, I think, you know, uh, Clement, that we don't want to continue to fundraise um, and, you know, kind of continue to you know, continue the business profitability as the game launches in full. That will allow us to you know expand our ambitions even further. And I'm sure if you got us in one of our kind of ideation sessions about what could be next in the Mars universe. You know, we've got all sorts of wild ideas that will, you know, need to think about that kind of profitable revenue stream that we think we'll get from the MPL and, you know, potentially additional fundraising, um, yep. you know, as we go forwards. Yeah. I think, you know, watching my kids um, gaming behaviors and how many indie games they're buying on steam is fascinating to me. Um, and, they're often playing more indie games than AAA. Uh, and I, 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 I definitely see a reality where we have a lot of high-quality indie studios uh, like an MPL uh, bring really fun, interesting games uh, you know, into the world. But like you said, the, the really the only difference is that you, you can own the digital assets inside those games, which is it, it's kind of a yes and, like, great, I, this is a fun game, I, and I get to own the assets um, I think it's also interesting to see the different types of games that will play out, you know, uh, a game like MPL that you don't have to sit in front of, you know, for an extended period of time and grind through the game. It's more about choosing your moves and then, uh, uh, and then, you know, checking back later and seeing how it's going. And uh, that kind of casual asynchronous style gaming sounds more attractive to me because I I'm busy. Right. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. During the discussion, we're going to kick off a discussion in a second, but we're going to talk about what kind of games people really want to play um, here. And I have some fun ideas around, you know, IRL locations and and almost like a geocaching uh, type of game. So um, you do have some fun news coming up. And so uh, I want to give you a second to uh, to tease a little bit of that. Uh, yeah, I see Corey and I playing uh, the game of who's going to come off me first. <laughs> um, <laughs> we do. We do have some fun news coming up. Um, so we have the the beta of um, of our game, which is uh, due to launch later this month. Um, it's called the NPL Cup. Uh, and as you said, Ryan, um, the NPL full game is going to be a football management game. Um, and the beta is going to be kind of the first test of that core kind of match engine. So the first time that we're going to be pitching, uh, pitting teams head to head against each other, um, testing, you know, whose who's tactics, whose lineups, whose players are going to kind of triumph over, over the others. Um, but yeah, the first time that we're kind of testing that match engine in anger. Um, so this is our beta following on the heels of um, our alpha boot camp that ran over the summer of last year. Um, so really excited to get that out. It's going to be fun. Um, so let's do a quick nerd alert. It is time for the nerd alert. All right. So we've been saying the words indie game and AAA game a lot. So I want to clarify, what does that mean? Uh, let's define it. So an indie video game is created by an individual or a small team of developers, typically without the financial support or distribution from a major video game publisher. These games are often created using limited resources and smaller budgets than those of the big budget AAA titles. Indie games can be created for various platforms, including PC, consoles, mobile devices, web, uh, and cover a wide range of genres. Uh, Many indie games have gained a large following and have been praised for their unique gameplay, creative design, and strong storytelling. Um, I think you all know about Minecraft, right? Minecraft is a good example. Started in indie, uh, you know, and and took over the world. Um, was eventually bought by Microsoft. So um, I, I'm a big fan of indie anything, right? Versus uh, kind of juggernaut companies coming in and and dominating. So I just want to do a quick nerd alert on that. Um, next up, uh, I, I want to ask one more question on MPL, and then we'll we'll uh, go into a discussion. Um, We've seen a lot of free to play. We've seen play to earn. Uh, we've seen different models here financially. Uh, what are you seeing as being the financial models uh, for Web3 gaming companies in the future? Like, where do you think this is going? Yeah, um, great, great question, Ryan. I think, you know, the first thing is that when our full game launches, uh, it will be free to play. Um, you know, we, we want to onboard as many users as possible. And I think, some of that is because we want as many people to experience it as possible, but equally from a business model perspective, I think it is about people coming into the system, utilizing your tokens in the same way that they might utilize gold in a kind of traditional web two game and so forth. So I think that that's where the kind of underlying, um, the underlying value comes from. I think the reliance on, royalties that have sort of plagued a lot of projects is just not a viable business model in that there must be revenue accrual for the business and um, through the kind of underlying token purchasing that might be going on it might be through additional 
drops that might be in the kind of game for digital assets, which might include cosmetics and so forth, all of which are in the kind of MPL's plan as we kind of launch the full game. But all of that is is hinged on the premise of also free to play because we know that, you know, as with anything, the average person, you know, doesn't spend tons and tons of money and we don't want them necessarily to be spending thousands of mm. dollars on us. We want them to be spending um, you know, a, you know, fifty, hundred dollars a year, or whatever it might be, through tokens right. and so forth. And I think the best way we onboard people to do that is free to play, which is the way that our sort of you know, core game will focus. But the beta is an exclusive thing for holders, um, obviously to reward them, give them a chance to give our feedback, and also a big thank you for all the support they've given us over the last nine months. Yeah, no, I like it. It's kind of an interesting model, you know, launch a collection and then. Um, uh, allow that community to build and then uh, allow that community to get first access to betas. And and that's an interesting way to build out a game and then launch the free-to-play uh, version and then the holders. Now, obviously, it's not going to be a, a pay-to-win strategy, clearly, but there'll be fun benefits and interesting benefits to, to holding um, uh, the collections NFTs. So I, I can't wait to see how it plays out. Um, and I, I appreciate you all being on the show um, I think you're a good example of a high quality team uh, uh, with integrity, with creativity, uh, and a fun idea that you know I, I think I think will be uh, a lot of fun for people to play. So appreciate you stopping by. Um, let's transition to uh, uh, speaker questions, uh, speaker chit chat, and and everybody in the audience. I'd love to hear the answer to this question, which is: Have you played a Web three game before? And if not, what has held you back from playing one? Um, so, uh, feel free to, to answer that question. Uh, Clemente, uh, has pinned that. So love to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, as we transition, uh, the voice, I see your hand. So I have played web three games before, uh, I've even been fortunate enough to, uh, announce one in kind of a sports announcer kind of way. And that was kind of fun. But my issue with them is there still obviously is some some room to be to, to grow a little bit. If you play a Web 2 game, whether it be on a computer or a console, it just feels very seamless. It feels like there's nothing uh, really holding it back. In a Web 3 game, there's a lot of, uh, even though I know what I'm doing with things, there's a lot of kind of waiting and waiting for a transaction to process and things like that. And even in the game that I was announcing... It was a little bit more passive. You would tell the characters what to do, and then they would do it, and then you would just be kind of watching it. My point here is I think there's some evolution that still needs to happen with gaming, and it will. I feel completely confident that it will, and it will do very, very well, because gaming is what's going to bring NFTs and just digital assets to the masses. But uh, in my mind, they're, they're still we're not there yet. There still takes a little bit of a – someone needs to come with continuity that isn't there yet. Right. Yeah. The underlying machinery infrastructure is being worked on. I, MPL, I know y'all are building on Immutable, um, uh, which is interesting. We're seeing a lot of, you know, uh, L2s, Alt L1s, sidechains uh, being used specifically for gaming. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. Uh, let's keep going to hands. The the question, the, 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 or the discussion I want to have is really on the evolution of Web3 Gaming. Um, so for those of you that weren't around in web three in early 2022, it was seen as the year of web three gaming, you know, fast forward to today and we have yet to see wide adoption for blockchain gaming. You know, there, there's bright spots, but, but we're not seeing widespread adoption yet. Most mainstream gamers still have pretty strong negative sentiment towards 
blockchain gaming and NFTs, it's, I think it's beginning to shift, but we still see that as the primary kind of feeling. So, uh, the problem is, uh, games take a while to build, you know, even indie games, let alone triple A games can take, you know, triple A games can take, you know, five years to build. So want to dig into, uh, what is everybody, what kind of games do we want to play, right? Whether, you think of them as as web three or not you know what are people wanting to play here uh how does that play into web three um you know i'd love to hear some creative ideas uh, around that um i'll go first uh, i i really really think there's some exciting opportunities for a geocaching style global game right um you know, and this is not something we're building it's just don't don't read too much of this, but I, I do think that there's a lot of excitement around that. I mean, geocaching is fun. Um, let, let's see some hands. If anyone's done geocaching, like throw up some emojis, um, throw up something so I can see roughly if anyone knows what I'm talking about. No, no one's, no one does geocaching. No. All right. A couple. Okay. Ryan, I, I geocache. Hey, I've been yay. geocaching for a good portion of my life. See, there you go. It's, it's fun. Honestly, anybody in this room, you need to get into it. It is the best way to explore any city or town you travel to right. for free. And exactly. on top of that, you find hidden gems that you never would have found otherwise the locals put out. So totally. would recommend. Love it. That's so cool, Kat. So yeah, geocaching is just this fun game where you have all these clues uh, that lead you to a, a, a geocache, quote unquote, which is like a little box and inside you know, there's usually like something fun or there's like a little tag. And and then uh, you can say you found the geocache in the app and it's super old. Um, uh, but I just think how fun would it be? You know, you combine Po apps with, uh, you know, stackable NFTs and, you know, engagement and maps and like, let's see that, you know, and then I feel like, gosh, what if you were the first to the, to the geocache? What if you got airdropped a really great NFT? Like there's just a lot of fun stuff. Uh, that I think if you combine IRL with blockchain, uh, we could do. I think we'll see companies do this, like you know, offer almost bounties for for coming over to their store. Um, it'd be fun to see how that plays out. Um, let's head to uh, well, Kat, you were you had your hand up, so go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to add on another game. I think the geocaching though is fantastic, and like it's just so easy to bring that whole entire community into Web three. Uh, I think it would actually. Uh, create such a more value uh, to the people who play the game and travel because of the um, just the in general discord or whatever online chat rooms we have would just be so much better than the current forums that they use that are a bit outdated regardless the other game I wanted to talk about I'm not a big gamer but I played the sims like crazy when I was a kid oh my god I love the sims like the old school one oh yeah I had every single expansion pack of the original sims and then I, I did were you mean like me? Like occasionally you just wouldn't feed them and see what, what would happen. Oh, Ryan, every game, no matter what, <laughs> I had to cheat to um, like a bajillion dollars. And then I would force <laughs> them to learn every skill. And if they and once they got tired and, um, you know, frustrated or whatever, I just delete them and bring them back to life. <laughs> see, this is why probably you and I shouldn't be God at some point. I think <laughs> I, I think that would I think that would be bad. So, oh, yeah. OK, oh, yeah. carry on. For sorry. Sure. But I think The Sims is and Neopets as well, too. And Neopets actually has a Neopets. I played a lot, too. And that has a, actually an NFT now. I don't know what they're trying to do with their metaverse, but it just feels so natural um, because those ecosystems previously um, already had like 
uh, with the Sims, you could go onto their Sims like online and purchase or create different items or clothing or features. And Neopets, all of it was basically buying items to take care of your pets, except everything was, you know, in the ecosystem. And yeah, you could buy premium or whatever, but my parents never allowed me to do that. But now I think with the idea of ownership and then if you tie in interoperability between platforms here, um, like whoever's building on one ecosystem, if it could transfer to another one, like your clothing in the Sims could suddenly be used, mm-hmm. I don't know, in Roblox or something like that. Like that would be, I think that would really, be fun. It would be so fun. And yeah. then the other, and then the other part of it too, is just, it's a natural integration and um, owning those things versus it being an ecosystem. I just feel it's more valuable um, in general. It, it gives it more purpose and it makes it more intentional for yeah. people to participate. So. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, it's like what Corey was saying, you know, from MPL that uh, the fundamental difference is asset ownership and that adds this fun, unique element you just couldn't have before where you had these trapped assets, you know, on a on a centralized uh, server and you just didn't really own them at all. So we're seeing some good comments coming from the crowd uh, about gaming. Uh, Palm says, I would call myself a gamer. And for now, every Web3 game I see doesn't really look like it's a lot of fun to play. We are still figuring out what actually makes a good blockchain game. Therefore, we need to go through a lot of innovation cycles until we come up uh, with uh, what really sticks. And then Pio uh, Pussy, uh, gosh, I'm trying to say that right. P-I-O-U-P-I-O-U-C-Y <laughs> said, I played Web3 games, but the reason I didn't play very long is because it just it was just not as good. I play a lot of video games generally, but still didn't find the one to get me hooked on Web3. There's a huge progress every day on blockchain gaming, but still a few years to get there. Um, and that's kind of similar to what the voice was saying, that we're, we're early in that innovation cycle. Um, uh, Clemente, go ahead. Yeah, it, It's funny because a, a lot of the Web3 games, I think that I've tried to play or that I've gotten involved with at all, the problem was like, it was one of two things. It was one, either way too based on speculation right and it was like grind based where people were just playing it not because they wanted to play the game but because they wanted to buy some type of ponzi like token that would come with the game right and then the second one is like they would take the other approach where it was they try to build an entertaining game but it because it wasn't earn based it couldn't capture enough attention because people were just like hey i'd rather just play some of the existing mainstream games that already exist that are way better than this Right. But what I and but what I'm excited about in the future, which is like what, that I love about Web3 gaming, and I got this from MPL, is like there's such a camaraderie, at least I feel, amongst Web3 game uh, developers and founders that are everyone has like this this mindset of like, hey, we're all working towards the same thing, which is that you can play a game and own the assets that you earn. Right. And they're all like trying to find and try new things and working together. And I get that feeling most from the gaming sector within Web3 than pretty much anything else, which is really exciting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is an interesting way to break it down. Um, You know, obviously, one of the juggernauts here is Wolf Game. Right. So it's kind of interesting to see that play out. But that is speculative. I mean, the the, the reason why I was so bonkers is because, you know, theoretically, people are making not thousands of dollars, but tens of thousands of dollars. So uh, it was kind of interesting to see that play out. Um, so let's keep going to hands. We're seeing some good uh, kind of answers to the question, though. Have you played a Web3 game before? 
Uh, Gigi said, I think Web3 games have a negative stigma around them because there was a time where a lot came out and turned out to be rugs. I haven't tried one, but I'm excited to see launches in the future. Uh, personally, I like Web3 games that filter into uh, real life, like we're talking about scavenger hunts, et cetera. Um, let's keep going around the hands. Uh, Storm.eth. Hello. Hello. Hello, Ryan. Hey, Clemente. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Yeah, good to be here. And uh, yeah, sorry, my uh, pizza just right. Okay, so uh... <laughs> <laughs> go eat the pizza. Why are you on stage? All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so about the Web3 game that I played before is uh, Tetan Arena. I don't know if you guys know it, but uh, back in uh, the beginning of the year, 2022, they were very popular. Like they had like 10 million players or something like that. It was it was really huge, and it was it was actually kind of fun, but uh, you know not not the fun that keeps you keeps you there for I don't know longer than let's say three months. And uh, another game that was really huge back in 2021, it was X Infinity. And I know that people were making like $100 a day just by playing X Infinity, which was right. really, really crazy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And for me, actually, a game, a game that I would really like to see would be either a single player or multiplayer action adventure game that actually combines the lore that the the project puts out with the gameplay so i know this is kind of reaching for the stars right now but um, i think this would really onboard more people and make more people stay there and play for longer times right amen thanks storm uh go enjoy your uh, pizza okay uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah thank you thank you <laughs> no problem uh let's go next to caesar hello welcome um here yeah, i um first time speaker yeah um, welcome good to see you yeah um about blockchain gaming i think um yeah right now i'm playing on um, pixel online so um the game just involve um you planting crops and harvesting and selling just doing in-game trading to gain uh to gain um their um token in in-game so i feel the stigma around blockchain gaming just came from the phrase um play to win because a lot of people believe um, all blockchain games are supposed to be played to it because you have to earn something for playing the game. But mm. most of the um, games right now are not ready to give that value yet to, the, to their um, players. They just want to um, have um, that, uh, what's it called, that community vibe into the game. And that's what actually I actually learned from Pixel Online because it's, it's, a, it's a very interactive game where you meet a lot of people in-game and you trade whatever you're planting and then you get an in-game token which cannot be traded um, for monetary value. But I think mm -hmm. the monetary value is what is actually great, is actually giving that stigma into the blockchain game. And I agree. We've seen it, yeah, and we've seen, uh, seen it with, um, uh, what's it called, um, uh, like um, Storm said, um, Axie Infinity, where you can make $100 per day. And a lot of people thought it was going to continue until they plummeted. So, yeah, yeah. I feel like we need to develop us um, trying to maybe end everything on gaming. So, yes. yeah, that's just my two piece. Hear that, Caesar. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I mean, the, the idea of, you know, play to win is just grindy and terrible, right? Um, and then, you know, you ended up, 
you know, playing to earn as well. It's just, it's no one wants to play games for that reason. No one plays normal games for that reason. They play because it's fun and they want to unlock challenges and they want to have, you know, bragging rights when they, uh, you know, unlock certain skins and, you know, that's all natural human behavior. Um, and I think we'll get there with online gaming. I'm sorry, uh, web three gaming. Um, but, but we're not there right now. So, um, let's keep going, uh, next to house. Hello. GM Ryan, GM Clemente, how are you guys doing? We're good, thank you. Um, so I unfortunately have not played any games in Web3, but I come from an esports background. I have run two esports companies, and when it comes to my perception of gaming in Web3, I kind of echo how the voice feels in that it was very hard to even, one, try to find a game that I enjoyed, and when my friends presented me anything it was very hard to even try to get on to and to try to onboard somebody from web 2 into a web 3 game with that such high and confusing barrier to entry it's going to be very hard and nearly impossible it's to me the uh integration of web 3 into the game needs to be pretty seamless and almost invisible in order to get the stigma to disappear right yeah i it needs, to, it needs to be fought. <laughs> that's that's the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah, I hear you on that. Um, uh, MPL, I want to throw it to you quickly, and then we'll go to other uh, speakers. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's such a great point that you've made, and, and obviously the voice made as well. I think that a, a lot of the big change in ethos that needs to happen in order to do that is it is we get we've been told in 2022 in Web three, you know, get your ledger, cold wallet, secure, and so forth, but. The practical reality is, is that if you really want to integrate Web3 gaming successfully, you need two things. One is you need to work on a chain that effectively can provide and um, can either do two things. One, they can block transactions together into big bulk so that transaction, um, you know, having to do it consistently. Or you have kind of completely gasless transactions sort of on a kind of IMX immutable, which is where we're building. But I think the second thing is to move, and, and, and I recognize there is some less security about this, by the way, but I think it's a practical reality for kind of onboarding the next 10, 100 million is that uh, wallets will need to be linked to traditional socials. So you'll use your socials to create your wallet. It'll all actually sit in the background um, to you. Um, and that's, you know, certainly the approach Immutable has taken as one of the reasons that we, you know, chose their offer to partnership with because we had a number of other offers from other chains because of that approach of onboarding, because, you know, we want to onboard a million users, not just 10,000 hardcore Web3 users. And I think that it's something that people should look out for in games is their chain choice and how they're thinking about that integration in terms of their likelihood for long-term success. Mm. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks, Corey. Um, got some more fun comments I want to read out real quick just from y'all's uh, <laughs> a fun fact about y'all uh, that, you, that people might not know. Uh, Trey said... I love taking the boat out on the water, lake, sound, cruising, fishing. I love it all. Some fun, fun pictures of, of them crabbing. And Alan Del Mar, uh, the fun fact is I've got 11 siblings with a picture of their amazing family. Uh, love seeing these things that y'all, uh, that we don't know about you. Kenny Powers says, one of my favorite pastimes is cooking. Previously owned a Mediterranean restaurant and spent a couple of years in the trenches with my chefs. So much fun. Awesome. Uh, keep those comments coming about uh, some fun facts that we don't know about you and uh, tag your neighbors if you can. Um, let's keep going to a couple hands. We're, we were talking about gaming. You know, what, what kind of gaming 
uh, in Web3 do you want to see? Do you think is going to work? Um, uh, you know, where are we going with all this? Uh, let's go to Muir next. Hello, Muir. GM, GM, Ryan, thanks for having me back up. Hello, everybody. Um, I wanted to just spread a little bit of awareness on this topic. Um, one of the tactics of the bad actors these days as it pertains to Web3 Gaming is that they will be DMing you uh, basically a paid opportunity to demo their game, which requires you to download a file for them. Just be very, very cautious in these DMs as always, but that's something that we've been seeing lately. Um, I, As far as the gaming goes, I'm someone who loves gaming. I love uh, role-playing games. I enjoy first-person shooters. I think that an RPG that you're able to build in a community in a sense um, and trade assets with, that you either mine or farm or earn or develop um, with your fellow community members i think would be really successful i think that my first really love for this type of game came from club penguin which i see as a pioneer in the space way back in the day oh yeah and i think club penguin yeah a great great game that was free to play and super super fun and was one of the first you could really play with your friends online um, I think it can be the concept can be as simple as that. Just sort of a town square to start, um, i.e. a metaverse. Um, you're kind of farming resources, whether that's the token or anything else that goes to your house cosmetics wise. And you'd be able to trade and, and sell in a marketplace, basically. You could start there and build yeah. from the ground up. Kind of simple. Um, appreciate it, Mira. Thank you. Uh, we're going to take one more hand on the gaming topic, and then we're going to transition uh, to the next topic, which is uh, related to metaverses, because there's big news around Apple on that. Uh, let's go to Mr. Benjamin. Hello. GM, GM. How's everybody doing? Good. Good to have you here. Great to be here. Um, yeah, so perfect. The topic switching to kind of metaverses because I kind of want to, well, I'm not going to shill, but it's more of a passionate shill because I don't own any of their NFTs. I have a little bit of their coin, but a lot of people don't really talk about um, Wilder World. It's a very cool gamified kind of metaverse that they've been building for probably seven plus years on unreal engine they've got some heavy hitters involved in what they're doing they're building out um kind of like vaults within the metaverse game that are backed by ledger so you can like store your nfts within the game oh, they're doing like yeah. a library of alexandria that's backed by coin market cap that holds like all the data like in history of crypto and nfts and like oh, interesting. research stuff and it's just very cool. Like what you said with the scavenger thing uh, during Art Basel, they did something hilarious where they had these statues from the game and they filled them with ledgers filled with NFTs, like a hundred grand on, in some of them. And they would post like, okay, we're, we're heading out. They would post a location, like a, a cryptic picture. And then they would put the statue up on top of something. And I'm like texting Gigi pictures google mapping like photos trying to find out set like having her go there while i was stuck in an uber <laughs> it was hilarious but it was That's amazing awesome. like, it was like almost like an irl scavenger hunt but it was like part of the game i don't know very very cool what they're doing over there i'm super bullish um yeah definitely that's cool out. i love it yeah it's interesting to combine irl i, th I like i said my my fun ideas is a geocache scavenger hunt fun you know game um I just think there's so many possibilities there. So I uh, appreciate you stopping by, Mr. Benjamin. And you all probably know, but Mr. Benjamin uh, did a ton of work uh, designing all of our PO apps early on. Uh, just did it for free, did it for fun, and appreciate you so much for doing all that. Um, he helped me uh, get out of the uh, clip art phase of the PO app. So appreciate that a lot. There's um, nothing wrong with the clip art. I all think right. there was. I'm just, uh, just trying to brand it out for you a little bit. That's all. <laughs> I appreciate you. All right. Well, um, we're going to transition topics. Appreciate everybody 
uh, chiming in about uh, Web3 Gaming, uh, where it's going, what's working, what's not. Um, also great to have MPL here uh, and, and to announce their beta. Um, let's switch up to discuss the future of the metaverse and our, and our digital identities. Uh, we saw some interesting, exciting news from Apple. So after working on their VR headset for the last seven years, Apple will, will reportedly finally begin shipping their VR headset in the fall of 2023. That's this year after the release initially being slated for 2019. So it obviously was a little harder than they thought. Not surprised. Uh, Facebook has invested more than $36 billion into Reality Labs, their team, which develops AR and VR software and hardware, and has reportedly ran into numerous obstacles while building that out. Uh, meanwhile, we have countless Web3 metaverse experiences, but all are largely still early in the development phase. So what this must mean is that it's pretty hard, y'all. Uh, building these products and experiences is very, very hard. So I want to talk about, uh, I want to get your opinions on this. How will the metaverse affect how we as human beings interact with one another? And is it possible these metaverses end up coming together to feed a similar experience? You know, where are we actually going to go here uh, with the metaverse? Um, we'd love to hear it and, and how this Apple news might affect that. Uh, if it does, uh, we'll go uh, to hands. I see uh, NFT bounty hunter. Welcome. Hey, Ryan. Sorry, I'm at Welcome. the gym. Thanks for stopping by. I'm hoping I'm not blasting Ew. everyone out. No, as long as you're getting a good workout, yeah. then that's all that matters. Shoulders, I, um, I'm dealing with it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so, so I, I think one interesting thing, which sort of ties back to what you were talking about before and what you love and would love to see, is this idea of geocaching. Imagine geocaching in the metaverse and monetizing it in a way where, Boom. let's say, okay, so my kids love Pokemon Go. Imagine a Pokemon Go in the metaverse where you could go to different places, grab um, a rare or a common, whatever, um, Pokemon or whatever game it is. And then when you're there... Um, you could go to different specific places uh, like in the sandbox or if they can do cross chain technology, which they haven't figured that out yet uh, for different metaverses. But if you go to a certain place, it's almost like a billboard, right? So uh, you have a geocache or something in, uh, let's say Nike has a place in the metaverse and they're paying money for that geocache to be there because they want traction, they want attention. So right, they want to see the eyeballs on, exactly. on their brand, advertising experience, whatever. I yeah, this that's I love it. So you're basically saying, well, you could also do geocaching in a metaverse, exactly, and that would drive that would drive traffic. I think it's a cool idea because one of the major problems with any metaverse, you know, whether you've uh, uh, you know whatever one you've tried, is that they often feel empty and weird. Yeah, right. Where is everybody? What's our reason for being here? So they're either event based or goal based. Mm -hmm. um, so love your thought on that. Uh, thanks. Uh, hope your shoulder workout is fab. <laughs> thanks. Try not to pass out. <laughs> go get it. All right. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go next to uh, Kakash. Hello. Hey, Ryan. Uh, good morning. Welcome. So, yeah, like about like uh, I put my hands up like for the gaming uh, topic, but I also have like a comment about the metaverse because like 
like I'm 37 years old. I don't know if you remember this, but like 15 years ago, we had the same exact bubble of the metaverse, which is called Second Life. Yep. I remember, remember, running, I remember running around in Second Life. <laughs> yeah, but there's there's my issue with the whole metaverse idea. It's always going to be a bubble, in my opinion, because no one is going to feel compelled to spend like years, and I mean like years, decades, like into this ecosystem. They were, they will always die out, and something else will always like uh, replace them. And usually, it's not even a metaverse that's going to replace it. It's going to be like a game that people are. Are going right. to be interested in, so yeah. and and that's why I feel like yeah these companies they see them like as real big like investment opportunities, but that's just what it is right now. Like it's 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 a bubble, like in my opinion. Yeah, I think I th I, th I think what you're pointing out is is real, which is there has to be reason for people to pay attention. Yeah, you know what's the thing I've said in this show all the time? Hey, we're an attention war, right? And if there's no reason for you to pay attention to something that's going in the metaverse, you're just not going to go there. And so uh, I think th this is why I believe uh, that it has to be event-based or goal-based, right? Uh, and if you all think about it, um, you know, w what we're actually doing next week with a game during the daily dose is actually a primitive version of a metaverse, right? You're, you're here. We're not here. We're not together physically, but we're very much together. And there is going to be a treasure hunt during the show. Like, you, you know, so I, I think those kind of things are actually happening right now, right here. And they're uh, actually the most effective form of a metaverse. Now, I can absolutely see when other side really starts cranking. And I think they're close, y'all. And my personal opinion is, is other side is going to be, you know, the major player here that people actually spend time in, but, but, uh, and especially cause it's, it's cross, uh, project, uh, accessible, right. You can bring whatever, uh, PFP you own, uh, into that and, and play, you know, we might say, Hey, we're going to actually do, um, a, a treasure hunt in other side, come on over and let's see how it goes. So we'll see how it plays out. I definitely don't believe we're going to be living in any sort of metaverse, uh, probably un until we become machines, <laughs> which uh, I think we'll have in someday. We're just not going to do that. It's always going to be uh, event, event based or goal based. So uh, Clemente, see your hand, then we'll go to more hands. Yeah. Do you feel like Ryan and I, <laughs> I mean this in the nice way possible. Do you feel like maybe you're not the target audience for these, these metaverses, right? Like <laughs> maybe. I'm trying to think of, of, <laughs> of 20, you know, teens right now, early teens and how much time they spend online versus, people that are that are older and didn't like a lot of the teens right now they grew up since you know at three years old they were using phones right Fair. so maybe their way of looking at things is like they but the, the thing that i'm scared about is like going back to what you talk a lot about which is that we as humans crave physical connection that irl face to face but i'm curious if maybe that slowly dies out and is replaced and almost mimicked with this VR headset that we uh, that we're seeing come out and slowly develop as the tech gets more realistic. If that's maybe gonna mimic it pretty well, yeah, it might do. And I'm I'm very mentally elastic and and very open to to admit the way I see the world is absolutely not the way to see the world. Um, uh, so I, I think you're onto something there. It will be interesting to see how that shakes out. Um, but what I do know is you know every young person ages, and as you age, you get less and less time. 
So like, how does that arc work, you know, as you go through life um, where you have more free time when you're young and you have less when you get older and then all of a suddenly you have more uh, kind of at the end of your life. So um, interesting points. Uh, let's go next to Chef. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I about the metaverse, I agree with the other side. I, I was a part of the first trip and it was such a, like a, a like it was very well done just for being in beta. So I'm expecting some big things out of that. But I think the most likely path, instead of being more like so immersive into a, a virtual metaverse, I think it's a more augmented reality, um, you know, whether it's through your phone or if they finally get the glasses figured out or some, some kind of lenses. I think being able to interact in the real life, um, like while you're walking down the street and you can kind of see details about a business or some cells or something they have through augmented reality, I think that's the more likely path. Yep, I hear you. Uh, appreciate you pointing that out. Um, let's, uh, let's announce, uh, the winner of the MPL giveaway. One of you who is here, uh, gets an MPL Martian premier league. So, uh, Clemente, what do you announce? Yeah. So the, the giveaway thing I used, I picked at Lassie underscore din, uh, Eugene, uh, your name is Eugene with a, a pill sign. It says your daily dose maxi, which is, uh, <laughs> it's funny. You're a JPEG investor. Uh, Please D DM. Should we have them DM you, Ryan, MPL, or myself? Uh, let's um, have them DM you, and then we'll connect them over to the team. Perfect. And I'll uh, I'll send you a uh, a little request to come up on stage if you'd like. Congrats. Love it. Congrats, Lassie Dan. I love uh, daily dose maxis. It's awesome. Um, I, we're about to run out of time, and I do want to give Gigi a chance to to talk because uh, um, she worked so hard to to make this thing run, and she had something interesting to say. Uh, go for it, Gigi. Hey, I honestly think that I'm, I'm on board with you. I don't think I'm the target audience for this. Like, I'm so into things in real life that when this whole idea of a metaverse came on board, my thought process was like, okay, if enough people think this is cool and essentially they're going to stay at home to interact via the metaverse, when I go travel to these spots, um, I'm going to have more room for me. Right. I love it. <laughs> and it's yeah. it's horrible to think that way because I, I feel privileged enough to where I could travel. But, you know, like if you've been to heavy tourist spots, it's really crowded sometimes. So that was my thought process. And with games, um, if you were here during Art Basel, Wild or World did this really cool scavenger hunt throughout the week where they hid ledgers and they would give people clues. And it was really exciting. Like I got to run into them and I even recognized some of the spots, but I, I didn't get there in time. So things like that are what excites me about Web3 going into real life, like events that are, whether it be a scavenger hunt or even a board game, but just as long as it's in person, that's where I'd be in. I don't yeah. know too much about the whole metaverse. I, it doesn't, it, it's I'm not, not your a jam. audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I, I I think I'm like you. I, I, I crave that IRL connection experience and it seems like uh, the blockchain could play a big part in, in a really fun IRL, uh, you know, treasure hunty type game. So uh, I'm sure we'll see more of that. Um, Y'all, unfortunately, we're out of time, so I can't get to the rest of the speakers. I apologize. We'll, we'll do our best to get to you. Don't worry. Another day. Uh, want to thank MPL for popping by and, and uh, sharing their expertise on, on building games in a Web3 world. Uh, really excited about the beta. Um, appreciate you coming by. Appreciate Lucky Trader, uh, you know, being here, dropping the news, uh, Mintify. And uh, as always, thanks to The Voice for a little bit of help. And Clemente, my co-host, 
and everybody behind the scenes that helps make this show what it is. Appreciate you. But uh, mostly I appreciate y'all listening and being here. You're the best. Um, you're my crew. Uh, the Daily Dose is my new global crew. I love you all. And uh, I just can't wait to keep building this community with you all. Um, don't forget, we don't have a show on Monday. Dun, dun, dun. It's a national holiday uh, here in America uh, ce- celebrating Martin Luther King. And, and so we're not going to do a show. <laughs> People are like sad that there's no show. I'm sorry. Hey, you know, want to give everybody a day off. <laughs> Celebrate Martin Luther King Jr., right? Um, so we're excited to, to have a little day off. But Tuesday, y'all, the Daily Dose game begins. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, can't wait to, to drop those clues and see if you can all figure it out. Uh, you got to be in the show, though. So uh, don't don't forget that. So it's going to be fun. Um, let's take it out with a little bit of tune. Clemente, over to you. 